Well, good afternoon. It's 2.56 out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is senior pastor and prophet with the Nazarene Ministry. That's the House of the Nazarene. And we're coming to you live from our Las Vegas studios. And we are, again, broadcasting. Um, and I pray that you're being safe and protected from COVID-19. Agree with me in prayer now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you only by the blood of your sacred Son, our holy Christ, can we be forgiven of sin. And we thank you, Father, for that. And we ask you, Holy Father God Almighty, for the glory of you, your Son, and Holy Spirit. We ask you, Father, to look kindly upon us. Fill this studio with your Holy Ghost presence. Speak through us. Give us Holy Ghost utterance. Speak, Father, through these scriptures to us. Fill us with your wisdom, understanding, revelation, divine, supernatural knowledge. We will give you all the glory. We will worship you. We will always sing and praise and lift you on high. We love you, Father, with all that we are, our entire being. And we ask you, Father, that you bless the listeners to this program, that they will be blessed, healed, and prospered. Take care of them and protect them from COVID-19 and any other variant of it. We love you, Father. Thank you for it. In the blood and name of Yahushua, Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Emmanuel prophesied by Yeshayahu Isaiah, Isaiah in English. Amen. We're looking at Ephesians 4, 1, unity of spirit. Before we get started, let me remind you, we are not a ministry that's going to sell you anything. We don't have DVs, Ds, or CDs, or whatever. You can download these lessons for free. We give them to you for free. Uh, we, you need prayer, it, call us at 702-488-4097. Uh, absolutely free. We're not going to try to sell you something. That's not what we're about. And that's not what our... Lord and Savior, our, his ministry was about. He healed people for free. He taught for free. He even gave more than free by multiplying the food and feeding thousands. We know at least three times in the scriptures, but I got, I got to tell you, historically, it happened more than that. So the bottom line is, think about it. Can you go to a doctor for free? Boy, if you know one that you can, please call me and let me know because I'd like to go to that person too. Our Lord and Savior, the greatest doctor on earth, the greatest physician on earth, he didn't charge a dime, a penny, a shekel, nothing for healing. He healed whoever came to him for absolutely free. He didn't charge a donation. He didn't charge anything for forgiveness of sin teaching of the word of God. He didn't charge for any of that. We trying to be like our Messiah, the true emissaries, ambassadors of Messiah, must do the same. All pastors and churches who are finding ways to deceive you through sales techniques, product-driven ministries, I warn you deeply. There is no anointing in that. 
There is no anointing in that. With all the public ways of being able to give lessons for free, all they have to do is utilize the internet for a small fee per month and they can make all their lessons known and available to you. Are there other ministries besides this one, the House of the Nazarene, that does this? Yes. And, um, the, you know, as many people who have attacked certain ministries that I know about, um, you call them and ask them for a lesson and they will send it to you free and postpaid. Uh, Ken Copeland's one of them. People attack him all the time, that he's a prosperity minister and etc. But I am going to witness to you that any time that I wanted to get over the years, any kind of lesson from him or Gloria, they did not charge me a cent. They sent it to me postpaid and free. And I pray that this ministry can get to the point where it can do that as well. Because there are still many, many, many people out there who do not have the internet. And the only way they are going to get a lesson is if we send it to them. Um, and that all costs money. So did our Messiah take donations into his ministry? Yes, he did. And they had a money purse. And who carried it? Judas did. My point is this. Donations and offerings are one thing tricking you, deceiving you through sales techniques, that is completely evil, not anointed, and not blessed by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we do not do that. We are not going to do that, and it's just that simple. Also, think about some of the deceptive ways that they market. They use words like ancient secret. There are no secrets. Our Messiah said all of his followers, all of the believers in Messiah, all they had to do was continue consistently in his repentance, repent to him. In other words, I'm sorry, sacred Savior, I have fallen short of the glory of the kingdom of the Father God Almighty. Please forgive me, wash me in your blood. That's it. He said, repent. If I was to synopsize his ministry, and greater theologians than me have made this clear, repent, believe, love the Father God Almighty with everything you are, and love each other the same way. What was the last prayer in the book of John that he prayed for his emissaries? In the Greek, apostles, he made it very clear that he prayed for them to agree in prayer and to love each other as he loved them. Perfect, pure, unconditional, sacrificial love. Can you say in your heart of hearts, in the mirror of what is true, true, truth, can you look in the mirror at yourself and say that I have always loved everyone like Christ loved us? That's pretty tough to do. I would have to confess to you that 
uh, over the years, in, especially in my younger years, it has taken me quite some time to learn how to purely and unconditionally love. It takes time and it takes work. And the only way that you're going to get to that place where that is in your life is to consistently re-steady and steady and re-steady the Word of God. And then that experience and that intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will begin to realize the purity and perfection of the love that God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit has for you. And the sacrifice that God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit has made for you. So watch out for these deceptive sales techniques. You know, I hear them all the time on uh, the internet where people are saying, oh, we have an ancient secret that has not, all has been revealed. The Holy Scriptures, the Dead Sea Scrolls, all of it has been revealed. It has been studied by greater theologians than myself who have revealed very clearly the sacred and holy message of our Messiah, our sacred Christ. They have made very clear the message of the Father to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to Moses, to Christ, to us. They've made it very clear. All you have to do is look for it, seek it out. Search for it. You can go to the libraries and you can read it in books or you can get on the internet and look for it. Always pray that the Holy Spirit guides you and protects you from deceptive words, traps, snares. Because believe me, even our Messiah, Satan tried to trap him, snare him. In the same way. So I warn you. Satan, his demons and devils. They know the word of God. And they will try to use it against you. And they will use people. Ministers, pastors, bishops, deacons, priests, rabbis. Whoever they are. They will. And think about it. Judas was walking with our savior. He was in the very presence of the light of of God on earth. And Satan was able to deceive him, trap him, snare him. What does the word of God warn us? He comes to steal. He stole the mind of Judas. Kill. By stealing his mind, he stole his soul. And that led to his death. Steal, kill, and destroy. How was Judas destroyed? He took his own life. He committed self-murder. You cannot do that. People call me up and they ask me, is suicide a sin? Yes, it is. It's murder. Did our Messiah commit suicide? No, he did not. Did he murder anyone? No, he did not. He did not break the laws of God. It's very simple. He lived by the laws of God are our guiding light. Now, remember, we're not under the curse of the law because of the sacrifice of our Christ. Praise God Almighty. For that sacrifice. But the laws are our guiding light. 
Read Matthew 5, verse 17 through 20, and you, I don't care if it's a king, I've read so many different translations of the Holy Word of God. I haven't read them all. I mean, the Bible's been retranslated more than 5,000 times, so I can't sit here and tell you I've read 5,000 translations. No, I haven't. But I can tell you I've read many different translations and what I find is very simple, that there are some consistencies even in the bad translations of the Bible. And one consistency is this. Matthew 5, verse 17. I did not come to destroy the prophecies or the law. I came to fulfill. Now, some translations will say complete. Some translations will say Law, then prophecy first, but it's always basically the same message. Then you read verse 18, 19, and 20, and he says very clearly that the law will not go away until all be done. What's all be done? Well, theologians greater than I have made it very clear until he comes back again. Then things, then our Messiah will change radically what's going on here in earth. But he hasn't come back yet. And we know he hasn't come back yet because the last temple has not been built on the Temple Mount yet. So all of you people who have called me and or other pastors and saying, you know, is the Messiah here? Is the Antichrist here? Etc. And asking all these questions about the end time. One of the first physical markers Physical signs is when you see the construction of the last temple on that temple mount. Now we are extremely close. So remember, these people that are marketing stuff like, this is the ancient secret from the Bible. This is a mystery from the Bible. There are no mysteries. Churches have used the word mystery as a way to redirect you or mislead you from what the real truth is. And one of the greatest offenders using the word mystery is, and I'm going to say it out loud, the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, I've asked many priests who call themselves father from the papacy why is it that the Catholic Church took out the second commandment? And I have a copy of the St. Joseph Bible, which I have read. And very clearly in Exodus 20, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. I'll tell you why they took out the second commandment. And remember, the commandments were not under the curse of the law, but we are under the guidance of that law. It is our light to the nations. It is the very law that our Savior lived himself. He lived it every day. Now, did he bow down to anyone or anything other than God the Father Almighty? No, he did not. When he was before Pontius Pilate, he stood. He did not bow down. When he came before him, Herod's son, he did not bow to him. He did not bow down. They beat him with a rod. 
Then the cat of nine tails, he did not bow down. And that's what upset the Romans so bad is that they couldn't get him to bow. So in these movies where they they beat him and you see these different people who play the Messiah and uh, he cries out or uh, moans or groans or any of that. That's absolute nonsense. The word of God says he made no sound. He did not resist and never did he bow down. He willingly put himself on the cross he did it willingly. He did not bow down. So, the Catholic Church, when you look at their commandments, they take out the second one and replace it with, thou shalt not use the Lord thy God's name in vain. Why did they do that? I'm going to tell you why. It's very simple. You would not get down on your knee and kiss the hand of a priest, a bishop, a cardinal, or a pope if you knew you were not supposed to bow to anyone other than the Father God Almighty. That's why they do that. The papacy was set up to enslave the public Historically, now that's the other thing about this ministry. We have gone back in history and looked at the original ministry of our Messiah, our Christ. And we have looked at how mankind has tried to change that ministry over history and time from all the way back more than 2,000 years ago till now how they have tried to change it through superstitions, traditions, and making amendments to what the true message was, changing it over time. As I said, the Bible has been translated more than 5,000, more than 5,000 times, 5,000 times different translations and interpretations. So to get back to the real original truth, all Bibles in the preface say, and it's very clear historically, the first word of God was written in Hebrew, then translated to, now theologians will argue this. There are theologians who will argue that it went from Hebrew to Aramaic, and then there are the theologians who will argue that it went from Hebrew to Greek. But the point is, it was originally written in Hebrew. So we, the real theologians of the word of God, have got to look at the original Hebrew codex. We have to look at that. And now with the Dead Sea Scrolls, it backs up the Hebrew codex. So we know now more about the word of God and how many books they took out of the word of God at the Nicene Council, led by the what? The beginning and the founding of the papacy, the false church, the Roman Catholic Church. That is one of the worst established churches that has ever been established. And I'm sure there are some good people within it but the sad reality is, over the years, it has turned very, very 
controversial and evil. And look at the Catholic Church. Let's look at it over history. There was a time back in the 40s and the 50s when abortion by the Catholic Church was absolutely uh, against their dogma, their addition to the law of God. Now, they've come up with all kinds of reasons why it's fully acceptable. Lesbianism and homosexuality was something that the Catholic Church in the 30s, 40s, and 50s made very clear it was a sin against God. Now they've embraced it. The Catholic Church over time has embraced voodoo. It has embraced every other religion in every country that they've set up their churches in and intermingled the true original Christian belief with whatever mingling of the uh, beliefs of Christianity with these outside. They did it with Rome. They did it with Rome. Think about it. Think about it. They have intermingled the beliefs of Rome. They changed very clearly very clearly, and they admit it, look it up in the books or on the internet, the Catholic Church admits they changed the Sabbath from Friday at sundown to Sunday at sundown, I mean Saturday at sundown to Sunday. Why did they do it? Constantine said, Constantine was a sun worshiper, S-U-N worshiper, not S-O-N worshiper. This was the main God of Rome son worship. And he says in the law that he passed that the Sabbath would be changed to the vulnerable, venerable, excuse my pronunciation, day of the sun, S-U-N. He makes it very clear. Look it up in history. It is a fact. It's irrefutable and it's not arguable. Look on your calendar. It is the first day of the week. It is not the seventh day of the week. God himself and our Christ said that Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. And our own Christ practiced the seventh day Sabbath, which would be Friday at sundown till Saturday at sundown, because Sunday is the first day of the week. But here's what I have said over and over again. I'm going to say it again. We should also worship on Sunday because it is the first day of the week and he is the first fruit offering of God for us and he arose on what? The first day of the week. So we should celebrate that day because he arose on that day. But remember, in ancient times, the day began when the sun went down, not when the sun came up the following morning. So on Saturday evening, when the sun goes down, is the beginning of Sunday. And when did he come out of the tomb? It wasn't at 6 a.m. in the morning. Read the writings of Pontius Pilate. The guards are reported to him and the temple guards reported to their leaders, Caiaphas and Annas, that at between 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning, there was an earthquake, the stone, the seal of Pontius Pilate was broken, the seal of Rome. 
The stone rolled away. A bright light came out, and one of the soldiers, one of the leaders, a lieutenant and or captain, who ran to see what was going on in the face of the tomb was temporarily blinded by the light that came out of the tomb. Our Savior came out, and that was between 3 and 4 a.m., and this is historical fact. You have to read and study, and you will learn like I have. And I didn't know all this information. I had to study. I'm 70 years old. I've been studying for a long time. I had to study. And you can too. Matthew 7, 7, 8 says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Find what? The true revelation and the truth and the historical truth of the true ministry of our Lord and Savior, our Christ, our Holy Messiah. That's what we are all ordered to do by the word of God. There are too many believers, Christian believers, who call themselves believers, and God forgive me, I was one of them at one time, who do not consistently study the word of God. I, like many people, I went to church on the holidays. I went to, you know, I, I, I went to church when it was convenient. I did not go, I went to church when I was feeling bad or sorrowful about something, or there was a death in my family, and I went on the holidays, but I didn't consistently go every day or every week like I should have. I did not spend time with God every day of my life like I should have, I confess it. At 35, God called me into the ministry. I became an ordained minister at 35 years old. I started studying before that and I realized how inconsistent I had been. We must change. Messiah and our Holy Christ, he did not go to synagogue when it was convenient. He was there every week. He never missed. He prayed every day. He meditated on God every day. He taught the, from the scriptures every day. This was witnessed not only by the twelve, but there were 70 who followed him. There was a total of 82 to 83 people following him on a consistent basis all the time. This is why Rome sent so many guards to arrest him because they thought there would be a multitude of people that would resist them when they tried to arrest him. That particular night, his apostles, we know the four Marys were there, were there at the time of his arrest. That's it. But the rest were not there with him. And if they had been, there may have been a big, you know, battle to get him arrested. Peter was the only one that physically put up a battle to, uh, against his arrest. And then, of course, Messiah told him to drop his sword. And he did. And he healed the ear of the slave of Caiaphas and Annas who had come with the arresting party and um, healed that slave's ear. Knowing all of this from history, we've got to get back to the original message, 
not the message that man has tried to change it to, befitting the influence of all these false holidays and false practices, superstitions, hoodoo, voodoo, etc., that has been interlaced in Christianity. And that's why we see pastors, long-standing pastors, who die of disease because they don't eat like the Bible says. And they're not anointed. They're not truly led of the Holy Spirit. And so they die of disease, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, etc. And that's sad. These ministers of God should be the living, breathing, walking, talking examples of health to live 120 plus years. They should be that. They sin against their own bodies by not eating like God, the creator of these bodies, said, here's how you eat and you will live at least 120 years. That's in Genesis 6. Look it up. Our minimum lifespan should be 120 years. And that means 120 years where our sight, our bodies, our health is unabated, meaning we are healthy the whole time. We don't die of disease. We get called home. How many ministers are standing before God right now who died way before their time that could have taught you more good ministers? I'm talking about ministers who understood the true message and who gave you the true, true truth. And they're standing before God and God saying, you're standing here before me. You're 56 years old. You're 63 years old, whatever the age. And you died way before your time because you were too busy eating pork and seafood that I told you not to eat because it was detrimental to your health. Does science back this up? Absolutely. Medical science backs it up. Look it up for yourself. All the Now they know that there are more than 15 different diseases and forms of cancer that are linked to eating swine. And we're not, and then shrimp, shellfish, all the bottom feeders, catfish, all of the filthy creatures from the ocean or rivers, people are eating. They're breaking the law of God. Is it any wonder that they're lucky to live to be 50, 60, 70 years old? And think about this. If you're halfway point, if your full lifespan is 120 and that whole time you're independent, you don't have to be in an old person's home, you could work all the way up to your 120 like Moses. You're halfway point 60, not 35, not 30. These people that are dying at 54 to say 65 years old, their halfway point is somewhere around 20, 25, 30 years old. That is sad. That's really sad. Is it any wonder that our society in America is full of obesity, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, erectile dysfunction? Abraham was 100 years old and he had sex with his 98-year-old wife, Sarah, and they produced a son. 
And they didn't have Viagra or anything else in those days. Now, some say, some theologians say he was 101 and she was 98. Some say a little bit younger. He was 100 and she was, you know, 97, 96. Who cares? The fact is she was in her 90s and he was 100 or more and he had sex with his wife and she got pregnant. And now she's able to produce the milk to feed this child. That's the kind of health we all can have. All we have to do is eat like the Bible says and don't eat what the Bible says not to eat. And it's really simple. And you will live a full and prosperous life. That's the promise of God himself in the Holy Word. Well, friends, I'm running out of time. It's 328 out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Senior Pastor and Prophet with the House of the Nazarene. I pray that you learned something. 702-488-4097. Call for prayer if you want to make a donation to our ministry so that we can continue to do all we possibly can to get you the proper historical information of our sacred Christ and his First message that hasn't been distorted, reprinted, reinterpreted, the original message of our Messiah, please call us. We will make available to you the lessons for free. You can, without uh, any um, disagreement with us, you can download from these internet um, broadcasts for free. All of this is, if, is for free. It's that simple. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive us of all sin. We take the blood of Messiah from the crowns of our head to the soles of our feet. We ask you, Father, to cleanse us inside out, outside and in. Heal us to the deepest part of our bone marrow, our organs, our glands, our flesh, every aspect of the bodies that you have created and given us that house our Holy Spirit from you, for your son said he was sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. We ask you, Father, that your Holy Spirit indwell with us and inside of us so that we are the walking, living, talking breath from the kingdom of Yahovah, our Holy Father Almighty. As our sacred Savior, we ask you, Constantly make intercession for us for our sins of the past, present, and future. And send your healing. By your stripes, we are healed. By your wounds, by your bruises, and by your stripes, Isaiah 53, we are healed. We love you. Thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you for our food this day. And thank you for every blessing and anointing and every gift that you give us. We pray all of this in the bloody name of Yahushua Messiah, the Mashiach, Eloheinu, Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Amen.